with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another Garthamorific Landstrider Tastic episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am joined by two, count of two of my fellow Fanholes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, this is Justin. Hey guys, this is Tony, and oh, great! I guess I don't get wings. Whatever. Cause you're a boy. So yeah, oh. so so we're here tonight to talk about the feature film, The Dark Crystal. It is the 40th anniversary. You you, you know what I was thinking about today, guys? I was like, just to make me feel old, I was like, so this came out in 1982, and I frequently said that 1982 is like my sweet spot for for films i think you know it was like wrath of Khan and blade runner and you know dark crystal right like all this stuff that i feel like is seminal influential like stuff i just love to tears you know i can watch anytime and and still fall in love with it you know whenever i watch it like that kind of film and i guess i don't know i just wanted to make myself feel old and crusty so i was like well what was what was out like 40 years ago in 1982 and i'm like sitting there thinking to myself like dark crystal is as old now as like the fleischer superman cartoons were in the 1980s mm. you know what i mean or like they're like as old as like the republic adventures of captain marvel serial or something and i'm just like sitting there going holy fuck like at the time like if you would have shown that to me i would have been like holy fuck that's old you know like but but this seems I, I don't know. It doesn't seem brand new, but I mean, I was there, you know, like I, you know, as, as Justin likes to make fun of me, I was in the shit, you know, when this came out. So I was there. I, I, I went to the to the movies to go see it and everything. Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in the shit. In a place outside time lies a mystical realm of sound and vision. A wondrous civilization. Where good and evil struggle to possess the dark crystal.
Well, I was I was just going to do the whole, um, you know, if you if you haven't seen this, get up off your ass and watch it. I did I did pull up the IMDb page so I can give like a Justin level synopsis if Yay. anybody wants it. The IMDb page says <laughs> on another planet in the distant past, a Gelfling embarks on a quest to find the missing shard of a magical crystal and to restore order to his world. And scene. And we're done. Yeah, that's that's the synopsis on IMDb for the Dark Crystal. <laughs> this was this was co-directed. That's kind of interesting. It was co-directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. It has a rather beautiful score that Tony and I were discussing before we started the show proper by Trevor Jones. And it's um I mean, I, I guess my distinct memory of it is my mom played hooky with me like like basically like she was like oh we're playing hooky today and i'm like what does that mean and this means i it means i'm not going to work and you're not going to school and i was like oh okay that sounds cool and like and it's like what are we gonna do we're gonna go watch the dark crystal and i was like oh okay cool so i i guess i i one i have a super soft spot for this because i kind of associate that with with my mom and everything and then i you know, I genuinely kind of love all the characters and the I, I feel like this is the uh, proto Megatron Starscream relationship with the general and the Chamberlain right here. I think that Jen and Kira taught me the ways of boys and girls, you know, like, you know, girls have wings and boys don't. And <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, the, the the you know, I guess it can't go understated, like how awesome the the puppetry is and all of this i mean this is on you know i i I mean i think the intent was to to do something that was different from the muppets and i i think this certainly succeeds in that right it creates a entire world whole cloth you know using puppetry and and i mean it's the kind of thing i would tell you know i think i think we had been discussing like different sci-fi series and and things that you know either we had gotten into or hadn't gotten into or trying to get into later and i think you know at one point i think me and tony were trying to convince justin to either you know check out farscape or whatever which was also done by the jim henson company and i i would say the same thing about you know, characters like Rigel or the pilot in and not the pilot episode, but like the character name pilot, like is very kind of, you know, beetle like, you know, like the Gartham, you know, but but, you know, has that kind of I, I've always felt like a grounded kind of real world sensibility to it because it's actually made of like real, real things. It's not a, you know, CGI blarp thing from lost in space or whatever so i've i've always kind of gravitated towards those like this this seemed real to me at the time i mean i was i was what like maybe five when this came out and and to me the skexies were were larger than life you know like even though i know they're kind of you know human-sized puppets or whatever you know what i mean like like i think at the time you know it, it the scale of it to me i was the size of a gelfling do you know what I mean? Like, and 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 seeing all the other characters in the world, especially the Skeksis, you just thought that they were the the hugest things in the world, right? So you you you, I don't know. I I bought into the world that it was that was being created and everything. 
I don't know about you guys. Like, is this something that you guys saw in the theater? Like, like Tony, did you see this when it came out in 1982? Did you come to it later in life? I did not see it in the theater. I, I, I don't know why. Hooker by Crook, I didn't. I can't remember. I really can't remember if I saw it first on video cassette or on HBO when it, you know, hmm. a year or two later, you know, it would get released on home yeah. cable systems. And yeah, all that. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But I did see it as a kid. I did see it when I was a, 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 a younger lad. And the one thing I do remember about it is, especially like, and maybe this is why I didn't see it when I was a, a wee, wee, wee tot, is because I was one year older than you. So I was six, you know, so still pretty young. Like, I remember there being a little bit of controversy because mm. this was like how, a Jim how, Henson how movie. How quote-unquote scary it was for a Jim Henson movie or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he was known as the Kermit the Frog guy. Yeah, um, yeah. And Jim Henson has always had a little bit of a dark se- se- sense of humor. I mean, if you watch some of his older commercials with, like, Kermit the Frog and stuff, like, he does some, like, dark humor sometimes. I mean, so they were going to eat Kermit the Frog in the... The first Muppet movie, so, I mean... It's true, yeah, Frog Legs, yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, I don't think... I don't know if people really watched Jim Henson or understood him. Maybe my parents were, were influenced by that. But I do remember when I first saw it, like, I think one of the reasons I was excited for it was because this did happen. I read the comic book before I saw the movie. Oh, okay, the Brett, Brett Blevins comic book. It was a, It was a Marvel super special... I think it was Marvel Super Special 24, and then they had, after they released that, it was released as, like, a two-issue limited series through Marvel, and yeah, I, I, I had, yeah, yeah, I, I, I had all of those. I actually reacquired the Marvel Super Special just because I, I have a lot of fond memories about that. Speaking of ancillary material, you can tell this grabbed me because it wasn't like, it, it's interesting, there weren't any toys for this like when this movie came out it no. wasn't a it wasn't a toy tie-in thing i mean i know later we have those it was it funko that came out with those retro looking toys for the dark crystal like a couple of years ago but funko. like but funko, but yeah. i mean we didn't really have anything like that even though i probably would have done backflips for something like that back in the day like i would have thought that was the coolest thing ever but the thing i do remember and i revisited today because i hadn't i hadn't listened to it in a long time was i had the read-along book too and this was kind of back in an era speaking of those things where you know yes you got to see the movie in the theater maybe if you were lucky and and yes maybe you were lucky enough to have you know HBO or cable at home where they would rerun the movie a number of times. But to be honest, I mean, this was still in that era where the main way you could relive a theatrical experience until it came out on home video was through these ancillary things, these these picture books or, you know, comic books that retold the story. And, And in my case, the, the read along book, you know, where it's like you you can turn the page when you hear this chime. You know, I guess it was supposed to be like the chime. <laughs> when, of, you the, when you hear the when you hear the golfing scream, no, right, right. <laughs> well, no, I I think it was supposed to be like the chime of 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 Jen's little you know windpipes right. or whatever, something along those lines, right? But I I I listened to it again today, and I was struck by. It's the same. Like, remember when we listened to those read along books for Droid World? Like, 
it's that right. same cast. So like Arthur Burgess or whatever, you know, Destro. Like Destro is the general <laughs> in the read along book tape where he's oh, like, "That's great. I am the general, stupid Cobra Commander." You know, it probably fucking <laughs> Chamberlain's over there going, "Destro," or what? You know, like some shit like that. But it, it wasn't the same guy doing Chamberlain, but but it, it definitely was Arthur Burgess doing the general. And I think it sounded like uh, the VA for Leonardo doing. Jen in that read along oh, wow. tape to me, uh, although you know maybe it's not. I I I don't know that there's a you know discernible cast list for those things, but yeah, there. I mean, there, there was there was you know that that was the kind of ancillary material we had access to was you know the, you know read along and, and Burger King glasses and, and comic books and 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 those those Taco Bell Burger King glasses that would like instantly shatter because they were made of candy glass, you know, like all that stuff. <laughs> Farted too close to them, they would blow up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, as far as the, the those picture books, I, I would like to say I'll, I say this in the Droid World one too, that the uh, artwork was so cool because they were all fully painted. They were fully painted artworks. Yeah, and in in the Dark Crystal, it was all photos and stuff, which was interesting because that was one way to relive it. And and the other thing I thought was of interest to me is, you know, I, I've talked about it, but the score always had an impact on me and and something i thought was interesting that maybe wasn't i don't know maybe i'm wrong because i it's been a while since i've listened to some of these read-along books but i was kind of taken aback where where i was like oh this is the actual like like it may not have been the same cast like you know it was it was its own little cast doing the little read-along book and delivering the lines of dialogue but when when you listen to the music it was the same music from the score and right. I, you know it was like yeah. so, something about that was kind of almost shocking to me because you figure like these days there's all these kind of weird you know somebody's got to get paid or get a cut of it or whatever and it probably wasn't as strict as it was back then or whatever yeah and like with the star wars books they did little things like they had r2d2's beep and bloops and all that and like the the blasters sounded like the movie blasters so like right right when they yeah, when they put like stuff like that in those, it, it made it seem like you know, like oh no, this is this, this is really for reals. This is like you know, this is not a cheap knockoff. You know, they they you know. Oh yeah, yeah, it it it, it didn't come off that way as a kid, and and even sort of revisiting it in anticipation of talking about this film for the podcast, it doesn't it doesn't come off as kind of like a amateur hour type thing or. A, you know, I, I guess what they'd call, you know, the wish version of Dark Crystal, you know, or whatever, right? Like that that whole thing. Generic Dark Crystal, you know, off-brand Dark Crystal or whatever. It, it right. did seem like a real genuine way to relive your your experience, you know, your theatrical experience and everything. I do remember my, my brother did at the time, however, did have some star logs. And they would have little, like, not really big stories about the Dark Crystal but they did have like some like concept sketches and stuff. And that was just really cool. It was like kind of neat seeing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause they, they talked about that. I think it was like Brian Froud who, who did a lot of the, the concept designs and everything like that for the dark crystal. And then I think the idea was Jim Henson saw those and thought, Oh, this is one. These are things I could make into puppets. And then, and then I think with the dark crystal, he, he worked hand in hand with them to like sort of refine those into 
something where, oh, well, why don't you draw it this way? Because people can, you know, perform, you know, you know, in, in, in certain, you know, ways, we, we can make you, know, these you, can, moves. you, you yeah. can manipulate the body, we can make movements and, and it'll, it'll come across as something that's genuine and real to an audience, you know? So I, I, you know, I think all that stuff is actually really cool, but what, what, what about you, Justin? Like, what's your history with the dark crystal? Like, you know, I, I, I imagine this came out before, is this, did this come out when you were born before you were born? Like, well, I was born the 24th. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. So, so, so just barely like, right. As for me, like in first grade, like one of my good friends, there were three things he was obsessed with Godzilla, dinosaurs, and dark crystal. Mm. I was very familiar with the first two. I don't think I knew what dark crystal was. I, it, it just seemed like this odd movie that he was obsessed with. And then I found out that our school library had like a some kind of storybook. I think it had like production photos and it told like mm. a kind of a general overview of the story. And I remember looking at that and just thinking it was very odd. And then a little while later, like I actually sat down and watched the movie and I thought it was kind of scary, which is probably an odd thing to say because like I grew up watching all kinds of like legitimate r-rated scary movies like freddy krueger and jason and alien and aliens and predator and on and on and on all this other like waggy doodle stuff like those kind of movies didn't really scare me like i, I think i said before on this podcast like when i was a kid like i wasn't really afraid of freddy or jason because i knew they they were made up movie monsters but dracula and the wolfman and the mummy like i was little wary of them because they were based on real things like i knew there was like a real person called dracula i knew mummies were real i thought werewolves were were real things like i wasn't quite sure but i was like well i think they're real i they just like they don't exist anymore like dinosaurs like that's what i thought at the time but those were the things i was scared of but i still found this movie pretty scary like not scary enough to make me like hide under the covers turn it off and have nightmares but like i think what got me the most was the gartham and just the way they move they're they move in a way that doesn't feel natural and i know it's like a performance right but just the way they kind of like rumble forward and there are these mm. huge hulking creatures that come with these big claws and they're gonna grab you and take you away and i, I don't know just something about them felt like very scary and imposing and then, you know, at the, at the very beginning of the movie, the Emperor Skeksis, like, he kind of, like, crumbles away, not quite like Starscream, but kind of in a similar <laughs> manner. And I always thought that was, like... I am still Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I, that, like, that kind of stuff always stood out for me, because I think, I mean, th there's not a lot of, like... I, I, I guess this is what's been on my mind since we were going to talk about this. I'm like, you know, when you're a little kid, like you're like, oh, yeah, I identify with Jen. I'm going to be the big hero. I'm going to find the, the crystal shard. I'm going to put it in the dark crystal and then we're going to make the land green again. Everything's going to be hunky dory. Like nobody tells you when you're a little kid that you're going to grow up to be a bunch of fucking skexes. You know what I mean? And like that's that, 
that's literally like like how how it's like you have all these relatives around the one guy like what do we get out of this guy and he's like ah, this is still mine you know like i'm not fucking dead yet you know or whatever you know and i was just thinking about that like watching this and then like i get what you're saying about like there's to me because the skexes were were larger than life and like there, there was something about them in general and like just where they lived you know like the 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 dark crystal you know or the 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 crystal castle i guess itself right like was very it was like made of caves and and it felt very um you know like like you're you know storm you know and x-men and and you should be like uh you know freaked out and claustrophobic and everything because of the environment and everything and then and then i i get what you're saying about the gartham too because that's you know like the, these things were like you know designed to like stockpile gelflings and podlings and you know you know basically like round up you know undesirables you know what i mean or 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 what have you or 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 you know and 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 bring people back to this dark dank castle you know and everything like that whereas like even even when you you know like i know they're supposed to be giving you hints about how similar the uru and the skexes are in the beginning but like even when when jen's there like there's just this idea of like everything's very open you know what i mean like their rituals it's like they you know they can come out into the middle of the you know like their their yard and and perform their ritual whereas skexes it's all like oh we're indoors we don't want to see any light like we we just want to hang out and and not deal with people we send people out you know we send the gartham out and the crystal bats out to like do stuff for us and you know that 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 whole vibe this is also a movie that as I get older, I appreciate it a lot more. Like I, I think I watched it next when I was a teenager and I, I still liked it. And then in 2007, I got it on DVD. It's one of those things that it seems obvious now. It's like, you don't think about it as a kid though. It's like all the time that was spent creating everything you see on screen, like the puppets, the, all the creatures, everything you see, like, you know, like you said, the crystal palace and everything you see has to be designed and handcrafted. And then the time spent in performing the puppets and then the music. It's like you start thinking about all the hours that were put into all these things. And it's kind of like mind boggling. I think it's it's easy to look at like a crappy movie and go like, oh, man, like what a stinky piece of shit. But you also kind of like don't think about all the man hours spent crafting whatever stinky movie, whether it's like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's End of Days, which we were talking about, like before we started recording, it's like. That's not the greatest movie, but think about it from like a manpower perspective. Like people spent hours making the, you know, the CG and this, you know, there was a Stan Winston Satan animatronic that didn't even make it on the screen. And you're just like, man, like they spent hours making that huge animatronic and they didn't use it. They used CG instead. But you, you just, I don't know, the, the older I get, the more I kind of appreciate that kind of artistry one because there's not a whole lot of that physical stuff anymore it's all like cg blue screen bullshit but i get i don't know i guess that's just the thing of like getting old you're like man like they spent so much time on the puppets and performing them and creating you know 
the gifling world of the nature. Like think about like, you know, Jen's like in that little mud pool when he meets Kira. And then you've got all those like little animals and creatures. Like those are some kind of puppet or something that's performed and they're sitting and you've got a puppet sitting in water and they got all this like, you know, landscape that would had to be like creative out of whatever it was made out of. And you got fake plants and probably some real plants and just, you know, it had to be lit and on and on and on. You're just like, it's, it's kind of mind boggling. Well, I mean, I think uh, the crazy thing is, is, you know, Jim Henson did other movies that had, you know, featured like the Muppets or uh, we, we, I was mentioning, we were talking a little bit about Labyrinth, uh, me and Derek earlier, or even other stories that featured like, you know, like, like, like Farscape that had the, the, you know, Jim Henson's Creature Shop designs. But like all those, all those uh, different types of uh, movies and TV shows had humans. There was humans in this, in those things. In, in Dark Crystal, it's all puppets. Every single character is a puppet. You know, whether it be a full suit kind of puppet or, you know, a traditional kind of like, you know, stick and wires kind of puppet or whatever it may have you. Like Fizzgig is, you know, just a little fucking hand puppet, I'm sure, you know. And they they populate their own world. And you totally buy into it because, you know, you're, t- you're talking about the man hours and like, you know, how real it seems. There's also the fact that, like, you know, it's scaled to fit those puppets because they're not human scale. You know, like the they, you know, are various sizes of creatures like the the Skeksis are. I've seen like pictures of the operators operating the Skeksis. They're like a good two feet taller than a normal human with their robes and whatnot. And, you know, the their their uh, castle is, you know, built around how big they are. And it's like they, they made a complete world. And, like, you know, usually you, you only hear about that in books. And it's only usually possible in books. But, like, Jim Henson made a whole world. And it, it, it looks real. Like you said, it looks completely real. Yeah, that's, that's something I was thinking of when, when I was watching this again. Because, you know, we, we, or at least I, didn't have much experience with something like ElfQuest. But it's like, that, that, that speaks to what Tony's saying. Like, something like that was limited to being in a comic or a novel or whatever, but then here's a way for them to to put it on screen and make it like an actual live, real thing. Speaking of books, last year I read a biography of Jim Henson. It's It was called Jim Henson, The Biography by Brian J. Jones. It's a really good book, and it covers every aspect of everything he ever worked on, like the little commercial shorts Tony talked about earlier. It talks about those in great detail. I got to admit, I never watched any of those until I read that book and I tracked some down on YouTube. And they, they're they very interesting. They're very creative. And some of them do take a dark turn. It's kind of surprising for something that was made like, you know, early 60s. The two things I was interested to learn more about was the production of Fraggle Rock, which is something I grew up with, and this film. And there was a big chunk of the book devoted to Dark Crystal, which I, you know, really liked. And it talked about how Derek, you kind of mentioned like Frank Oz co-directed it. I think I think Frank Oz wanted to be the only director, and mm. he he performed Agra. He didn't want to perform Agra. He wanted to concentrate on directing. And then it kind of it was it was Jim's baby. And I don't know. I guess it's kind of like the Silver Surfer, like Jim Lee, Jack Kirby, like they both wanted custody of 
the oh, thing. Oh, Stan, Stan, and yeah, Jack. yeah, yeah. Like they both went in custody, but they didn't quite work out that way. Like, you know, Jim, it was kind of his baby, and you know, Brian Ford did all the designs, and you know, Frank Oz was there, and I think Frank wanted to concentrate on directing, and he, he would see a scene in his mind a certain way and Jim would see it a completely different way. And because it was Jim's project, his baby, like he kind of had like final say so. And like I said, he didn't want to perform any Muppets. Like he wanted to focus on directing and it was kind of, I don't know, I guess not the greatest experience for Frank Oz at the time, but it was very, I don't know. It was, it was a nice little peek behind the scenes of that movie. There, there, there have been stories before that Frank Oz had started kind of chafing under Jim Henson, not because Henson was a terrible boss, but he wanted to get out of his shadow. He wanted to quit being just Frank Oz, the puppeteer. He wanted to do his own projects or like, you know, kind of quit, quit being a puppeteer like all the time. He wanted to expand his, you know, resume, I guess you would say. So yeah, there, there was probably a little bit of like, I don't know if it was so much butting heads or just like, I work for you begrudgingly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it's that's... weird because they 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 act very diplomatic when they shoot. You know, of course, mm-hmm. the the PR videos and the behind the scenes videos. But there is there is like a little bit where the positive spin they put on the disagreements acknowledges that they have disagreements. Do you know what I mean? Where he's he basically says like, "Oh, I think disagreements are healthy and actually make the film better." And we have lots of disagreements. Do you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that that that's that's kind of what you see and everything. And 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 I do think the 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 thing that's interesting about that is like I'm sort of shocked because I I think when I first heard this and hadn't seen the original sequences without English, I think when I just heard about it, I I thought about it and was like, is this like a Passion of the Christ thing? You know what I mean? Like, like, is this just like everybody's, you know, speaking this ancient Hebrew dialect or whatever? And then there's a bunch of subtitles. Oh, okay. Like, saying, yeah. like, yeah. like, 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 w- was that like that? That's how I envisioned it when I heard about it. Was like, it, were we just supposed to see the Skexes talking in some ancient fake language, and then later they would put subtitles that say, you know, Chamberlain, quit your whimpering, or you know, like whatever later on. But it it sounded like. Jim Henson's vision, which I do find way more confusing, reminds me of what's the what's the one wrestler guy or whoever who was in Godzilla Final Wars, Justin? You know who I'm talking about? Oh, he was a MMA fighter. Um, yeah. Uh, Fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Fry. What, yeah, Fry. Dan Fry. Don Fry. Yeah, Dan Fry. Yeah. So, so. It actually, to me, comes off more like him, Fry, in Godzilla Final Wars, where he has this magical ability to, like, speak English to Japanese people who understand Japanese, and everyone else speaks Japanese to him, and he just magically understands it. And it, it and, and that's kind of mind-bogglingly confusing to an audience, I feel like, where it's just... It, it, it's like it's like a superpower or something. And it, it sounded like when they screened that version, I mean, it, it sounded like it was mostly focused on the Skeksis because they had decided like it's interesting how it, it permeates into the final version of the movie. But they, they had decided that the Gelflings would speak English, but that 
everybody else would not speak English. And so it's like, of course, Agra would need to speak English because she basically says, like, you're a Gelfling. She's you, you, you respond to Gelfling. Like, so if, if Gelfling is English, then at some point she would communicate in English no matter what. But I, I think that's why, like, you have a lot of, like, beginning things where they're like, Duje, 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 Dibri, Dibri, you know, and they're, they're, they're talking some language. And you know they're talking, like, another language, but then they break into English mostly throughout the film. But, like, the Skeksis, it was all just... I guess, he, I don't know, it sounded like Henson thought on the strength of what they visually were communicating, you didn't need the words, and 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 I guess, you know, I mean, obviously, like, I, I, I mean, I can kind of I mean, see they it. are very visually expressive, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I can kind of see it, but then they went back and they looked at the lip flaps and they, you know, basically changed it after a few screenings to like insert dialogue. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I, I, I think, you know, not having the general or Chamberlain or any of those guys, you know, doing their lines, like would make this a whole different kind of movie experience. Right. Well, and I, I think with the, uh, the mystics slash the, uh, Uru, yeah, the four four arm guys. The for anybody who's checking their scorecards at home, them having that like kind of mystical language for a little bit, you know, and and Jen being able to talk with them, you know, understand it because he was raised by them. Like that does make them seem more kind of you know mystical mumbo jumboy, you know. It kind of gives them a little bit more of a mysterious presence. But with the Skeksis being in the movie so heavily, yeah, that shit would have got old really quick. I agree. I agree. They talked about this briefly in that book I mentioned, and Jim, he was the only one that was, like, the champion of this language idea. Like, everyone mm -hmm. else was like, this is not going to work, but, you know, yeah. he wants it, so we're going to do it. And Henson felt that the performance of the puppeteers would be enough to convey what they were saying. But to me, it's like, I mean, I've watched that same footage, too, and we talked about it at the time. I find it kind of I don't find that the performance comes through. To me, it's like watching Klingon speak Klingon without subtitles. Like, I don't really yeah. know what's yeah. going on. And then he was, you know, the studio was like, look, you got to change this. Like, this is incomprehensible. Like, they didn't get it. No one else really got it, too. And they, you know, they all, they all pretty much said, like, look, Jim's a nice guy. But, like, you know, we've got money tied up in this. Like, we can't just, like, this will, like, not go over like no one's going to get this like you have to have the, these characters speaking english but this is just that was just one of like jim's ideas like we you know going back to frank oz and jim like I, I, it's kind of interesting that this movie was something for both of them to like break out of their norms like jim was kind of chafing at doing all these muppet movies and muppet mm -hmm. projects you know Kermit the frog like he wanted to do something different this is way different and you know Frank Oz kind of wanted to also do something different. You know, he did Yoda, but like he wanted to really, you know, he wanted to direct movies and he thought that this was his big chance, which this led to other movies. But anyway, Jim always had like, um, the book kind of portrays Jim as like almost like a wacky doodle childlike hippie who had, who still had like 
visions of flower power, like bringing world peace, like that, even in that, the 80s. And that, like, that makes sense, I think. When, when he was like pitching Fraggle Rock, he kind of, I think he described the show as like, this is the kid's show that's going to like bring world peace and end, end, it's going to end war. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's a good way to pitch your show, but I mean, it's a kid's that's show. High hopes. Yeah, it's a high hopes. Like, this is the kid's show with Muppets. I mean, I loved Fraggle Rock when I was a kid, but I, I don't know. Like, that kind of like reasoning is like beyond me. Like, to me, that is like the pie in the sky, like flower power, like, you know. There, there is that whole notion of, you know, the, the crystal cracked, right? Like, I mean, there, there is two clear ideologies. And I mean, the, the mystics are nothing if not, you know, alien hippies with their long hair and their, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, they, they go off into the wilderness and, you know, they don't want to be part of, you know, big city life, you know, like, like they, they, they have, uh, you know, certain rituals and everything, you know, but it's like, you know, the, the difference is they're all old guys, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, they've kind of aged out of it. Whereas I guess, you know, the fraggles are kind of like, you know, smack dab in the middle of it. You know, they've got their youth and vitality or whatever, I guess, you know? Uh, that's one thing I actually wanted to point out about uh, Dark Crystal. One of my favorite kind of themes or maybe even a trope. I don't know. But in the beginning, we see the leader of the mystics and the leader of the uh, Skeksis. They're both dying. And, you know, there's a big, you know, bad thing coming. It's a bad moon rising. And, uh, you know, they both die. And, like, you kind of, like, get an idea of something here. But then as the movie goes along, like... Let's say a Skeksis dies, a Uru who looks pretty much healthy just pops out of fucking existence. You know, that kind of always bugged me because, like, okay, the scientist dies, right? He's thrown into the pit. Yep. And then yep. the mystics are walking along, and one of them just, like, vaporizes or burns up. or whatever. Yeah. And they stop, and they're like, oh, oh. And then they just keep moving. I was like, your dude just died. Like, I don't know, maybe they're used to it at this point. Like, I mean, some of those, I don't know if you ever read any of the comics that kind of like expand on some of this stuff, Derek, aside from the comics we read for this podcast. But like, you know, some of them kind of detail that there were like way more mystics and Skeksis over the years and they, they're whittled down to 10 at the beginning of this movie. But maybe they're just used to seeing their friends like vanish like out of the blue like that. But I mean, still, you think like there's only 10 of us, you know, let's be careful. Oh, he's dead. Now let's keep going to the castle. <laughs> we got stuff to do. Well, it's it, 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 it's interesting too because you you have to think if you were, I don't know, crimson twin tied to someone, <laughs> you know, like like you could spend all this time, effort, and energy to be careful, but if the other twin is not, like it's all pointless yeah. you know like so there's there's probably got to be like some balance to it where they, they you know they're just kind of like i don't i don't know like i i kind of tend to believe that i mean this is a fairy tale you're probably not supposed to think about it too right. hard or at least i feel like you're not but and and you know sit back and enjoy the you know the artistry and the the the, the fairy tale and the happy ending and and that whole thing but i i 
I think at this point, like, and uh, who knows, maybe it's because I'm jaded or whatever, but at this point, I tend to believe, like, all parties were involved with the folly that created the thousand-year rule of the Skexes and the Dark Crystal, because, like... Right, it, yeah, yeah. It, it couldn't have happened on its own. Like, it, it's like... It's like the 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 Ursex or whatever those white guys that are the merged versions like they obviously couldn't agree on anything, and 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 that's probably the the unconscious parallel to the real world where you know real world leaders can't agree on anything and so they made things worse they've cracked the crystal, and then you've got these two separate parties that are off doing their own thing when if uh, it's like. It, it, it's one of those things that that's kind of like a very uh, that, I mean, I don't know. That, that's why I say it doesn't surprise me when I, I was like, oh, yeah, that does sound like a hippie notion. It's kind of like it's up to you, next generation, to fix a, fix our boneheaded mistakes. <laughs> you know, like that's what it feels like. Poor Jen's like all the responsibilities thrust on him to to fix the dark crystal that they fucking we, broke. We in the first place, Here you go. Right? It's like here you go, like it's a, it's up to you, bud. You know, and and it's like it's and 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 you know, it's like I mean, the very least they could do is resurrect his cute fucking winged girlfriend. I mean, that's the bare minimum, you know. And it's like <laughs> it's like because it's a fairy tale that actually happens. But I feel like if it was real life, it'd be like, well, uh, thanks for doing that. See ya. You know, like like I mean, I feel like Jen would be majorly fucked if it was real life or whatever, right? And 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 I don't know. It's just and and then and then the other thing that it made me think of is that sequence where they you know where Chamberlain finally catches up to them and they're in the ruins of you know the the old ones the ancient ones right and Kira's like oh yeah we don't like to go in there like you know bad things happen there and I mean it's said with a certain tonality that you know could evoke you know any kind of of you know terrible thing that happened throughout history you know but there's also to me a notion of like the gelflings you know the, the way jen's like well how bad could this be they were our people you know there's that naivete about it where it's like dude like you didn't go extinct just because of the skexies do you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just my jadedness, but it's like, it's like I, I feel like there, there had to have been like gelflings that were in positions of like high authority that probably like started the whole chain of events that that sold them into essence drainery or you know, like, like there, there, there had to be, you know, flim flammery that went down to create the the current ecosystem in this fairy tale you know what i mean whereas it's like i i don't know it's interesting because because to me i think like you know it's like dude i i think ideally like i'd want to be a podling but i know i'm a skexies do you know what i mean like like it's like <laughs> right, it's like yeah. i wish i wish i could just drink and party and not worry about shit and be a stupid ugly fuck for the rest of my life you know and run around and be like yeah and do all that shit but i think you know uh, it, it it just seems like the reality of it is like you 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 get what you have and then you you fight off all these other assholes to your bitter death you know to to keep whatever it is whatever little slice of it is that you you have and 
you know, the, the, the decadence of the Skeksis, you know, the way they, you know, eat all this fucking food and, 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 you know, they're just sort of concerned with their own vanity, you know, that, that whole thing. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, but, but I mean, that's like, like I said, I mean, I, I can kind of see that there's, there's notions of that, you know, kind of infused in, into the, the fairy tale or whatever. Yeah, like um, I think there's one thing that's really kind of fun about this because I love it when it's not done in a heavy-handed way. Jin is, of course, is the hero, and he's kind of like, kind of like our warrior. I mean, he's not like really a badass, but he's he's got a uh, spunk. He he's 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 willing to you know at least try. Damn it! And then Kira is kind of like a low-key badass in a lot of times. It's earned, like everything. It like when she does shit that's kind of cool. I don't fucking bat an eye. I don't think like, oh god, you know, why is the girl being so cool and the guy sucks? Because the guy and the girl are both cool. They they are actually a team, and Kira actually has fizz gig, which is also really cool. So like, you know, as far as like people wanting like you know powerful female like you know characters, fucking watch this. This is like perfect, you know. There's there's something that I always thought was interesting because they they discussed how they originally wanted the Gelflings to be a little more animal like. And then they kept pushing back on that more and more until they just decided, look, we're just going to make them look fairly human. And and like, yeah, they look a little elfin, I guess you might say. But I mean, for the most part, they're 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 the, the most human looking characters in this entire fantasy world. And. I don't know if this is like me having my like Garth Algar moment about the female Bugs Bunny or whatever, but like <laughs> I probably had a crush on Kira. You know what I mean? Like, like I just, you know, for a puppet, like I just thought, oh, you know, and I, I can still like see her and kind of just look and go, man, like, and not like in a, again, like not in a, uh, debaucherous sort of way, but just in a like, wow, she's really pretty. You know what I mean? Like kind of way, like where you just like, you know, like it, it basically the, the only way I could explain it is if if I'm the last boy on earth like Commandy, I should be so fucking lucky to to stumble upon the last girl on earth to be that that beautiful. You know what I mean? Like like you should be so fucking lucky. But um it, but yeah. It's it's more of a Anakin when he's a kid and he's like, Are you an angel instead of Anakin when he's like a teenager? You've only grown more beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's probably. I don't. I don't, don't want to compare myself to fucking Annie, but yeah, like that. <laughs> that'll that'll work, I guess. Yeah, at least it's innocent. But you know, Justin, I was going to ask you because you are a big fantasy guy, and and I'm 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 not trying to like put your put your feet to the coals. And this is only one movie. I mean, it did get a well. I don't know if we're going to talk about the other series later, but do you, do you think like the Dark Crystal with this world building and stuff, at least somewhat competes with lord of the rings or is lord of the rings just got too much world building uh lord of the rings has way too much world building blah way too much world building but i mean lord of the rings has several books right like i mean for the longest time all we had was this one movie you had three lord of the rings you had the hobbit the simulian and a bunch of other like other tales that were set in the same world some of them finished some of them not there's just I mean, there's just way more material for Lord of the Rings. I mean, I think they're comparable. Like, I could see comparisons being made. I mean, it's just a lot of 
fantasy stories where you have like the hero who has to go on the quest are very you know they feel very familiar and i'm not not samey but just it's like you know they follow that kind of you know joseph campbell you know yeah, skywalker yeah. has to go on a quest yeah you know? hero, hero's journey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, they they suck at first and they get better yeah and they're then they're their hero yeah hey you know um, what you know what jen does not suck at he, he he no matter where he is he takes his little gelfling recorder with him and he jams with people <laughs> and and he jams well like like in, anywhere he is whether it's with fucking crazy drunk podlings that are are making kooky music he he can jam with them he can jam with kira when she's singing on that boat like like he or if he's by himself like that that's something again like i'm like i've learned i've learned how to live my life by watching the dark crystal but no um I, that's something i liked about jen where when when he first gets the journey right he's like he's like i have to do this alone and thinking to himself like man that's gonna suck and then he takes like one brief pause and he's like well alone then and he, he he's he's resolved right and he's like okay i guess i'm gonna have to do this alone and like i like it later in the film when they get on the land striders and and he's like look you don't have to come with me like this is you know it's like dude these crazy hippies pin this shit on me like you don't you don't have to come along for the <laughs> ride right like like I, i'm i'm the only guy who has to like save the world like you don't have to come to the castle and possibly get killed right and she's like, no, no, like, like we're gonna do this together. And then he just kind of has that moment where he's like, okay, together then, you know, like, and it's like, it, it was something where he had already sort of made up his mind that he could, he, he would have to do this alone. And I don't think it ever occurred to him that he would find another one of his kind. But then he did, and and I don't know, there, I don't know, there's just something about that that like tickles me or whatever. And I kept thinking about like. I kept thinking about like Superman and like Supergirl dying in crisis when I was watching this this time, just because not not that like Superman and Supergirl have any kind of romantic thing like like Jen and Kira do. But like the the, the whole like when he's cradling her body and, and she gets stabbed by the Skeksis and she tosses him the, the crystal shard and all that kind of stuff. And like just just this idea of like that concept of like finding someone, you know, whether it's your cousin or you know the 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 most beautiful girl ever you know like the 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 you know finding another of your kind and like that 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 i don't know like the funny part is like maybe some of it does work in the sense that like the podlings don't speak english right like and that that's something that i think they did keep from Jim Henson's original vision. And I almost think it does work. Like, because Kira's the one talking to them, and and Kira and Jen then can speak English to one another. But the the and 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 you get the vibe like, well, Jen doesn't speak podling, but Kira does. And and you get this notion like, okay, everybody's jamming, everybody's happy, everybody's having a good time partying and dancing and making music and all this other stuff. But there's also this like weird notion of like, hey, this this little girl we've been raising this whole time found herself a boyfriend. Like that's <laughs> awesome. Like you crazy kids. Like like you're the only crazy kids that can be crazy kids. So good on you, <laughs> crazy kids. You know, and like it, it's just like that's that's and it's like nobody says that, but that's what you feel like when like the podlings come up and they're like, don't. 
And I feel like the translation is like, dude, like you crazy kids, like you're you're gonna you're gonna like get married and have kids and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> and I'm gonna be a grandma podling and shit. Like you know what I mean? Like just that kind of notion of of family or fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just I don't know. I don't know. It's just that 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 kind of vibe. Well, yeah, it, it's really funny how two puppets, and I mean, I know there's voices there, and there there is acting. I mean, let's not overlook that, but it's, it's two puppets, and you actually give a shit about them and their relationship. You're like, you know, like, no, by the end of the movie, you're you're real. You 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 are you are my special children. You must be protected at all costs. You know, how dare you fucking try to kill Kira? You know, like, you know, you're like, you're in. I was I was going to mention like you know we 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 had mentioned like some of the ancillary characters slash creatures before. Is there any certain one you like really attached to like the Landstrider or Agra or Fizzgig or or any of those or the Gartham who are like you know side characters or or uh, troop builders? <laughs> Fizzgig. Fizzgig. <laughs> He's adorable and frightening at the same yeah. time. Yeah, this gig's pretty awesome. I, I just like that his main way of traveling is is like he does the critter rolling thing, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you even? How do you do? I, I I do have a picture of the Chamberlain in my avatar for this talk. I wanted to go into him a little bit because I think he is a really good villain because he does. Derek nailed it. He does have that star scream, like you know. Of course, I'll do whatever the boss wants, but secretly, I want this. And he he is uh, like legitimately, you know, to your point, Justin, like there's literally times where when he's confronting Jen and Kira, he's kind of terrifying because he's just doing that, like kind of like, you know, you say a whiny kind of voice like, oh, friends, you know, like just like I, I always felt like if Kira wasn't there, like Jen would have fell for that. Because she's immediately yeah. she immediately sees through that shit and she's like, No. And I, I always was like, if she wasn't there, I think he would have like been like okay and went with the the Chamberlain and then got killed. Hmm. I mean, I, yeah, mean I mean he does he does he does I mean I get what you're saying. Like he 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 you know, Kira literally has to step in between him and Chamberlain before he says no but then when he does say no he's pretty definitive about it but i think yeah. i think part of that problem is he's hitting up jen at his moment of doubt on his mm -hmm. hero's journey because you know the podling thing and finding kira was like it, it's like that moment of like it's like that moment in mask of the phantasm where bruce wayne's stuck into his parents grave and he's like look I didn't think I was going to find like a woman to live the rest of my life with and actually be happy. I thought I was going to be butthurt over you guys dying for the rest of my life, but now I'm not, you know, like, is this cool? Like, can I not be Batman? Like, can I just be happy? And, and I think he's at that point where he's like, can I just like, you know, you know, sleep with, with Kira in this uh, garden forever and, and, and party with podlings or whatever. But then, you know, it's, 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 it sucks because the Gartham then, you know, terrorize, you know, the, the, the little village. And then he's tossing away the crystal shard. And he's like, I wish I hadn't ever fucking seen this thing. And you know, th that whole thing. 
But again, I mean, Tony talked about Jen's, you know, I don't know, gumption or whatever, like that, you know, his 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 go get him type thing. And, and you know, even after all that, he's he's kind of ready to, you know, he, he's ready to figure stuff out with the, the ruins. And and he immediately says, well, not immediately, but but once he's resolved, he's like, you know, th th there's that, you know, th a very puppet like moment, I think, because they have the the gen puppet lunge forward. But it's like the whole no, you know, like, no, we're not going with you, you, you know, two faced, you know, so and so, you know, and it's like it's like once he's made up his mind about something, then then you're not going to deter him. But it's interesting, too, because th there is that aspect that you're talking about, Justin, where you could see like the Skeksis, I mean, as frightening as they look, as scary as they are, it, it seems like and and Chamberlain especially is a smooth talker, you know, like and 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 he, he, it's it's that thing of, oh, you know, if 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 the if the fucking Uru are the fucking crusty old hippies who are tired of this shit and they go out to the desert like the, the Skeksis are like the smooth business talkers of the world and they make everything sound reasonable. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, sign on the dotted line, like, like, come, come, pay three hundred fifty dollars for this Haslab. Like, it's, it's totally worth it. Like, it's not, it's not a ripoff. Like, come, come to the castle. Like, we'll make peace. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, it'll be fine. You know, like, and it's like, it's like, it, it, you. Know, but of course, the consequences. It's not as simple as you just back or don't back a stupid toy. It's like the consequences. If you fall for some of this shit, you die. You know, like, like, and, and, and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe, you know, it's good that Tony brought up Chamberlain and, and, and I, I'd love to talk about, you know, the general or whatever, but like, that's, you know, sometimes I feel like I overlook those characters because I feel like I've already talked about them so much, you know, like to me, the, the, the general is Megatron. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he has that that booming voice of authority, like, you know, it's like, you know, bow, kneel, you know, like, like all that kind of stuff. Whereas as Chamberlain is very, you know, like he's, he's slick. He's, he can be completely deadly, but there's also that aspect of him where he presents himself as, a victim and subservient, even though he's not, he's just doing that so that you let your guard down so he can stab you in the back, you know, like that's his whole, that that's his whole predatory approach is like, you know, it was mistake. We want to make peace, you know, like, like, and, and, and like Justin saying, like, like there, there is that aspect where you, you, in in that moment, right, where he's busy tossing away the crystal and, and all that other stuff, like, you do want to buy into it because, you know, humans, right, that's basically what the Gelflings are supposed to be, right? Like, like you, you want things to be easy. Nobody wants shit to be hard. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it, if, if what 
Chamberlain was saying was the truth, like, wouldn't that be ideal? Like, you could just go to the castle and everybody could kiss and make up, and then he could go off and live with Kira, and they'd stop attacking, you know, villages of the pod people? Like, like, it, wouldn't that be the best? Like, it, but, of course, you know it's complete bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not real, right? So she she has to jump in between to sort of snap him out of it or whatever. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's also kind of interesting as well that, like, the Skeksis, even though they are our default evil bad guys, and they are pretty fucking evil, don't get me wrong, they're not really scared of the mystics because, that, like, I don't know if they, they're, they're aware of the whole, like, you know, if I die, you die thing or whatever. But the mystics seem very non-proactive, more or less, really. They, they're they like, you know, like I said, they're just kind of like, oh, going to die, time to go out in the desert, got to feed my plants, and uh, maybe watch some Andy Griffith for me. Whereas the Skeksis are very proactive. They send out the Gartham, they, they, they rule the entire, if not planet, but at least this entire continent that they're on. And the only thing they're scared of is fucking Gelflings. Like, when the name Gelfling is actually first uttered, they're like, Gelfling? 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 You know, like, they, they freak the fuck out. Well, I mean, they've 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 ostensibly committed genocide, right? Like, they've, they, they in their mind, they've wiped them all out, and then they're shocked to find that there's one or two that are still alive, you know? Like, that's... They, I mean, and and it's a catch twenty two for them too because you know they they can't get good essence from podlings, right? Like that's that's the whole you know reason why uh, the emperor or or the general gets mad at the scientist, you know, because you know it's like oh you you promised me essence that was gonna make me youthful again, but it it only worked for like two minutes, you know. It's like the, the guy's like oh it worked so much better when we had the gelflings, you know. Like it, it's like that's th- 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 even that it, it's interesting within the context because when Chamberlain finally shows up with Kira, you know there there is that I forget what what his designation is, but the the other guy with the booming voice where it's like it's like um you know, we should kill her, you know, or whatever. And and it's like, it's like, then, the, you know, the scientist is like, well, we, you could use her essence, Lord. And it's like, it's like, first we take the essence, then we kill, you know, and you can see the look <laughs> on the one guy's face. It's like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? Like, we should just fucking kill him. But, you know, but, uh, even even within Skeksis society, there's, there's a disagreement on, on how to go about, you know, their, their goals and their, you know, their uh, agenda and everything. Yeah, and, and that's that's I guess another, you know, like this is a minor thing. It's not like anything really worth going to into detail about. But like the the mystics are pretty on board with each other. They're 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 cool. Like you said, they're just big ass hippies, and like you know, as long as they can wake and bake, they're all good. And then like the Skeksis, like even even like not just the Chamberlain who wants power. I mean, that's obviously his goal. But even amongst themselves, there's like these just these little like, you know, like little spats, you know, just like, well, I don't agree with this. You know, what are you doing? You know, like they're 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 not a very cohesive group. They are they're ruled by fear of the general. Yeah, they're 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 decadent. But then there's also that aspect where they represent like very visceral, like seven deadly sins. I mean, I know there's 10 of them, but you, you know what I mean? Like where where there's there's, you know. The you know the the scientist is kind of like this you know 
Mangala-esque type guy, right? Like, but then, you know, you, you could argue that the general represents like pride or something. And, you know, that, that and then with, with some of them, you know, envy and then the one big fat guy that barely has a beak, you know, he could be sloth and, you know, you could, you could basically attribute, you know, certain aspects of those to, to the Skeksis, like, I mean, it's probably not completely intentional, it's probably not completely unintentional, but there is that, you know, that kind of idea that they're, they're, they're representing very visceral aspects of, of, you know, I don't know, very just, I don't know, ancient, you know, core, you know, mythology or whatever for, for people, you know, so that it's not, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I would take it as the, these are ideas that can be universally communicated. Right. Yeah. So do we want to talk about how those poor land striders got messed up when they finally took them to the castle? <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I feel bad for those guys. Like the one, the one guy what takes a tumble off with another Gartham, so at least they both went out fighting or whatever. But then the 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 one that's left is like gets fucking gang banged when he falls on the floor by like the other fucking six Gartham or whatever. So you feel like, oh fuck, like that sucks. Well, and the only like, thing that, the doesn't, only, that I, doesn't that doesn't look like a cool way to go out, you know. <laughs> well, and the only thing I could figure, and I mean, I don't know, I I I didn't work on this film. Maybe Justin knows because. He had a little bit more access to the behind the scenes with that Jim Henson biography, but like I would imagine it's it's a regular ass dude, and they've got like stilts on their legs and their hands on on their arms. Yeah, and they're like yeah. having to run like that. Yeah. Well, th- there's that, and then and then they were being held by a crane, so they didn't like fall and break their fucking necks, basically. Going back to my like thing about you know the man hours, can you? Can you imagine being in that suit and in that position yeah, with yeah, things yeah. taped to you or whatever for hours for the well, filming? Like, not comfortable. I can't imagine. Yeah, all. yeah. Well, well, think about the the Uru guys, because because the Uru guys, you basically are like walking on your ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like basically, if you're if you're if you're one of the mystics, you're you're doing a fucking butt squat like for. <laughs> probably hours on end if not minutes right like so imagine like being in a permanent squat and then being like okay lights okay okay all right we're gonna shoot it okay let's step back let's go to one let's do it again uh let's do it again mystics you know and meanwhile these guys are like fucking squatting on their butt the whole time you know so it's like because i i think in order to fit in those you know, to the way it was, it was like, that's how they, they sort of, you know, the, the suit actors had to, you know, move and everything. And, and, you know, like money mentioning the prosthetics that's on them and everything. So, yeah. Making it more. Well, yeah. 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 The, yeah. the other weight of, of all that, the puppets and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I would say like, I don't know, like, I, again, I don't know. I wasn't on the set, but I think like maybe the worst would like have to be the Gartham. Cause those motherfuckers just look heavy. They just look uncomfortable, you know. It's it's interesting because I wonder I wonder how much of this was shot on a soundstage. Like for sure, like the I, I I would think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I would think like you know when they're shooting in the castle, right? At least that like you could you could either 
build or build in like maybe things like air conditioners or fans or shit like that where you're in a controlled environment. But like I wouldn't want to be in that big black Gartham suit if you know how some of you know it's like the scene we're talking about where the the Landstriders and the Gartham fight like right outside the the castle. It seems like it's daylight. Like you know what I mean. Like they're outside on right. location and like that. If if there was like a hot sun beating down on you, like I I could only imagine that must. I mean, it probably sucks for the people in the Landstrider outfit and their outfit is is white. You know what I mean. But it must be like doubly if it if you're all in 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 something dark that absorbs all the heat and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's like almost like basically like a hot box because it's like yeah, so sealed yeah. up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot Crazy. of the guys I think that were wearing those were wearing those without shirts on. Do you know what I mean? Probably <laughs> because of what you were talking about. Like they had little, little uh, suspender straps, you know, that that held the, the stuff in place or whatever. But then uh, I think the majority of those guys were were not wearing shirts probably because they were like, you know, you're speculating they were sweating profusely, you know. Oh, yeah, I don't blame them shit, though. Like, you know, this, this is, like, you know, this is before the days where, like, they had, like, a lot of cooling, like, in, in integrated cooling, like, tubes and shit for suits like that. It was, like, you know, shoot the shit. <laughs> you know, this is how this works. Right, right, right. Did you want to talk anything about the uh, the Netflix show, Derek, or do you want to say that for a separate show? I I don't know. I mean, I've seen it. I know Justin's seen it. I, I've um, seen it. I mean, it didn't go over. I, I, I mean, the, my distinct memory of it was talking to people about it who barely remembered this film and them going, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next season. I, I hope the golflings make it out okay. And I kind of just looked at mm -hmm. them like, uh, no, they don't make it out okay. They all fucking die. Like, have you seen the Dark Crystal? Like, they commit genocide on those Gelflings. Like, and then they stopped and thought about it and kind of went, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I forgot about that. And it's kind of like, yeah, the, the, this story doesn't have a happy ending. Or at least if it did ultimately have a happy ending, like, uh, it would have only been short-lived, you know? Like, that, I don't know. It's interesting because yeah. they, they, I mean, you know, the, the, the combination, I think they they did a combination of puppetry and and CG and that, and there I think was it CG. Worked, yeah, there it, was. It, yeah. It, it, it worked pretty well, I think. The the I, I I don't know ultimately where it would have gone. Like I I mean I have to be honest. Like I I probably enjoyed watching it, but I I mean I'm I'm not surprised that it it didn't get renewed. I I think it was less about how good it was and more about how expensive it was versus how many viewers it brought to streaming. You know what I mean? No, like, I agree. like yeah, and, I agree. and that, I, I think, I think that just the, 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 I don't know, the, the balance scales on that were off, you know, it, it was, it, you know, it probably cost a whole shit ton. So you had all this money on one scale and then the number of people that watched it just didn't even, you know, I think they were hoping it would, it would be lopsided in the other, you know, scale where they'd have so many people watching it. The, the, the cost of it wouldn't be a big deal, but I don't, I don't think that was the case. You know, I think, I think you had a, not a limited audience, but, but an audience that just didn't, 
you know, I, I don't know how exactly they monetize all that stuff, but they probably monetize it based on, you know, did, did that increase subscribers? You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't think that brought enough new subscribers to Netflix for them to justify the amount of money they put into that series. So it, it just became a, a numbers thing, you know? And then as far as the content of the story, well, I mean, it, it, it seemed like it tried yep. to deal with some of this backstory, but I, I just felt it was odd that everything was still, the, how should I explain it? Like they didn't start with the Ursex. They, they, it, it was like, they already were the Skeksis. You know what I mean? So it, I, right, I don't know, there yeah. was something there was something about that that felt weird where they were already starting with that but then you still had a bunch of you know live gelflings so you were you were basically slowly seeing the decay of this society right but but then they were trying to act like oh this is the age of resistance like there's going to be this great resistance and I'm kind of like well it can't be that great cuz they all get fucking slaughtered and their essence <laughs> didn't work you know like yeah. clearly it didn't work so i don't i don't know you know i i don't know where that would have ultimately gone really other than to have a really tragic ending if you if you held to to the story do you know what i mean like but i could easily yeah. see them not holding to the story and then i think that would be equally disappointing for people that were fans of this movie because why why bother doing a a prequel to something if you're not going to hold true to the eventuality of, of the events that take place in the film. Yeah. Or, or if they did like, you know, a lame cop out, like, you know, you had this big victorious ending, you know, and it's like, Oh wow. Like, you know, like things, things worked out, you know? And then it's like, but then the real tragedy happened, you know, season three or whatever, you know? Right. 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 And I was like, yeah, I, I think it was really well done as far as like production wise, and you're probably right. It probably cost way too fucking much. I was interested. The best way I could put it is okay. Like, look at like Thundercats, the uh, the second go around animated uh, version. I was really not happy when that got canceled because I was very much enjoying it. I was like, okay, why, 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 why? They bring me more Thundercats. This is really good, actually. But this Dark Crystal, I was like, oh, that was good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, me and Justin have talked about some of the comics before, and they've had other ancillary materials, you know, whether it was, you know, manga or other other comic miniseries and stuff like that. And I think, I think there's desire for more material from this world, you know, like there, you know, but... I, I don't know that it necessarily captures everything that I loved about this film per se. Like, you know what I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't even have any real evidence for this, but it's like, I, I feel like, you know, Gary Kurtz was the producer on this and he was also the producer on like Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars. And like, I kind of feel like, it's it's how I look at like maybe like comic book inkers these days where I'm like, you know, you slowly realize like you're like, wait a minute, like Bob Weachek inked like all these books I liked. So it's like it's like it, 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 it's almost like you're like, oh, you know, the some of the defining factors of why you liked certain things was this other person you never paid attention to. And I, I start to wonder, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's 
you know, I wonder if Gary Kurtz is why, you know, maybe maybe some of his influence, you know, was was why I enjoyed the Dark Crystal as much as I did, or why I enjoyed the Empire Strikes Back as much as I did, or whatever, you know, and not just maybe some of the obvious go-to's, whether it's you know Jim Henson or Irving Kirshner or George Lucas or whoever, right? Like that that there there is maybe another you know, there are other guiding forces, you know, that, that may have contributed to why, why you had a certain reaction to uh, a piece of cinema or whatever. Yeah. It's like, uh, like the Berman era of Star Trek. <clears throat> He's not the only one. There's other actors, but it's like, you know, when you're watching it, you don't, you don't fucking pay attention. Cause it's just like, you know, I like that character, I like that character, I like that character. Then like, you know, 10 years later when we get the internet and everything or, or five years later, when you actually do like some research, you're like, Oh, Jeffrey Combs is a lot of the characters I liked. Mm -hmm. He really brought something to this book. Like each show he was in, you know, it was like, ah, fuck, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I have too much more to say about the film other than, I mean, it, it was something that I really, really enjoyed as a kid. I, I have lots of fond memories of it. it. It is like you guys have been saying something that I'll occasionally revisit. I, I have the 4K version of Dark Crystal, and I mean, I think that looks really nice. And again, the score I think is wonderful. I mean, that really stands out to me. Kind of, you know, I don't know. Again, it's difficult for me to talk about music other than to say that the music touches me. It it holds resonance with me. It it uh, it's something I'm nostalgic about so it kind of it kind of converges on all those points you know uh you know meeting in the the center there and i mean you know the the end sequence where you know kira gets killed you know i was always emotional about that when i was a kid kind of like mr spock you know but the fact that they you know immediately sort of undo it you know like i think you know makes it uh, a bit more palatable for for a young audience, you know. I don't know how realistic that is, but but it it worked in the context of a fairy tale, and and I'm happy that that you know presumably they, you know, lived happily ever after or became grumpy old kings and queens or whatever like they did in the comics or what have you. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's uh, that's pretty much what I got on this, guys. As far as I go. I think I'll I'll sum it up with this because I've already I've already we've all gushed about how beautiful it is how how well done it is. I will go with this. It is a movie that doesn't insult children, but also doesn't make fun of adults for watching it. Yeah, I I think that's true. This is a movie I like to rewatch every four or five years, and like I said, every time I rewatch it, I appreciate I appreciate it a bit more, or or I appreciate some aspect of it a bit a bit more. So it, you know. It's not something I I sit down and watch religiously every year, but you know, it's just one of those movies. I'm like, yeah, I like this movie, and I, you know, I, I, we've talked about this before. I think there's something to be said for like loving a movie to the point where you don't want to rewatch it every year. Like you just mm-hmm. want to watch it like mm-hmm. every like five or six years or something. Like that's how much I like this movie. Yeah, yeah, I you know I agree. I I like this movie too. So if if anyone has any comments, questions and or concerns, if you have any angry emails, you can send them to fanholespodcast at gmail 
Podcast.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of the proper Fan Holes podcast, that's what this is, you can check it out over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes there, or we can be found on all kinds of streaming. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And of course, we can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes, hearts, and shares that we receive. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. This is Justin. You can't touch music, but music can touch you. This is Tony, and to my evil Skeksis self, I am coming for you, and I will eyeball laser you in the back, and we will come one again. Just be aware. I need my, my hippie over self to laser eyeball me in the back. <laughs>But I usually don't go to bed till two or three, so. Okay. Well. But, but I am gonna go to the bathroom real quick. Okay. Okay. To the bathroom. I gotta take my land strider to the bathroom, and yes, that's a euphemism. That's the tinkle riff. Okay. Actually, I was wondering what music you were doing, and I'm like, because I didn't rewatch it because I've I've seen it many times. So, yeah. You've seen it so many times, you don't remember the score. Well, that was just something I didn't really (laughs) put the memory. When you said Landstrider, though, it did pop in my head. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right before the Gartham killed them. Um, <laughs> it's like, look how cool the Landstriders are. Oh, look how cool they die. <laughs> yeah, those poor sons of bitches. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I did I did, I did. did do some research, though. I, I was looking up, like, names and stuff and making sure I got the names right. I'm not going to call all these motherfuckers by their names. Like, 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 you know, Kira and Jen and Fizgig, Agra, that's fine. But I'm not going to call, like, the fucking, the, the, the fucking Skeksis who makes the fucking robes, like, School Skirk or whatever his fucking name is. You're not going to call the, the merged people at the end the, the Ur Skeks or whatever they're called? No, that's fine. That, that's, that's one name for a whole species, just like the, the, the Uru. That's, that's fine, you know? Okay. I'm just I'm just not gonna go super fanboy because I know I'll mess it up. I mean, I don't even think I'm. I mean, I'm I'm fanboy about this, but not like not like Star Wars action figure fanboy or anything. You know? Right. Yeah. Like my picture. I know that's the Chamberlain. That's just what I'm gonna call him. He's the Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, that's that was that was his name. I mean. Well, yeah, but he he has a real name. Yeah, he has and... a real name. Yeah, he he's got but, his yeah. his Ponda Baba fucking whatever <laughs> name the real name, but we're just gonna call him Walrus Man because it's easy to remember. 
I'm just gonna call him <laughs> Hammerhead because because I, I can't remember Ictho whatever the fuck the wh- what is Hammerhead's real name? Um, he's from Ithor. His name is Momau Nadon. There you go. See, I would have never remembered that in a million years. I wondered where that ick whatever was coming from. That's that's his species, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. Yes. Yeah, Star Wars, I got you. Especially like Cantina Alien. Basically the first mm-hmm. fucking trilogy, I got you. But like, you know, and I, and I like I liked the Dark Crystal. I there was a point I have slacked off on it, but there was a point where I kind of made made an effort to watch it at least once a year because I, I enjoyed it. I, I would watch The Dark Crystal and um, Labyrinth as kind of like a, a movie night and, you hmm. know, watch those two together. Yeah. See, I was never I mean, I guess I just wasn't exposed to it as a little kid. Like I was never a labyrinth type kid, even though I, I guess they try to kind of, I don't know, put those in the same genre or category or something. I think the only thing similar was that they both had Jim Henson puppets. That's a yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that's why. Like, I think I think sometimes they used to package them too. Like they would have like, you know, you know, dual DVDs right. or, or double like the, the flip DVDs sided ones. Or, yeah, like that kind of shit too. But, yeah, I, I like Labyrinth, but I will admit that like while I do think the story was good and I have you know fond memories of it. It's like a 50-50 toss-up. It's like 50% I like the movie, 50% I like Jennifer uh, Connelly. (laughs) Right, right. Well, that's, yeah. That's uh, understandable. She's she's what you call a hot potato. I'm a potato. Want to be a potato, too? Oh, yeah. Have you relieved your land, Strider? (laughs) Talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one way of putting it. <laughs> I like how Justin got all like fucking Bronx on that. You're talking to me? <laughs> I don't see anybody else here, so you must be talking to me. I'll bust you five across the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. I hate your whimper. Oh, yeah. All right, are, are we ready to uh, to talk about this? Quieting Mike now. That was a good scene. Like, I, I didn't feel like it was even worth mentioning because you just watch it and you're just like, oh, that's cool. Because it's like, oh, the old useless guys, they're here, they're not useless, awesome. Commissioner Gordon turned off the freeze chamber or whatever the alarm <laughs> it was it was really well done in the comic like that comic had some really good art that was like, yeah fucking... yeah yeah that it was it was a good super special that's for sure yeah it just yeah and the covers were great too i don't remember the first cover that much but i remember the second one was jen like about the plunges of the shard into the, the dark crystal hmm. who did the covers uh, I don't know who did the covers of the single issues. I'm pretty sure Brett Blevins did the cover of the super special. Mm. Um, but let me see. I'll check. I, 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 I don't know. If you're checking, I'll, I'll, yeah, if you're checking, I'll go ahead and let you do it. I'll, I'll take a look. Let's see. 
Yeah, I do, I do yeah, remember. Yeah, like, it's you know, it's it's that. Brett Blevins. He did the covers for the the uh, the single issues as well. That was his baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, sometimes you know, sometimes the person that does the interiors doesn't always do the cover, but in this case, it looks. Oh no, like no, yeah, he was. Yeah, that first issue have has uh, the Gartham and everything's on fire with Agra and um, and Jen in you know Agra's little right. auditorium or whatever it is. I, I I looked that up earlier when I was looking up like information for like the names and stuff to make sure I remembered them. Like I uh, it, 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 there's a name for it. It's like a Orphelia or something like that. Mm. It. it it's a it's a uh, model of the solar system, and it can vary in size, like from very small to, you know, observatory size. We didn't really talk a lot about Agra, but like, I mean, she was just exposition, basically. Really, it's funny, like listening to Frank Oz, because I guess you can see that he didn't want to be doing it, because you mm-hmm. know. He's just kind of going through the motions, either going from it's like mostly it's like Miss Piggy. And then and then maybe at the very end, you hear like a little bit of serious Yoda. But it's like it does seem like he's just kind of walking through the motions. And I think the person they got to do Agra, you know, put a lot more into it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's ugly as fuck, but like the 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 way she moves was very fluid and like I, I I mean I would almost think there was like actually a suit actor in there but I know she's a puppet who were the only suit actors was it like the Garthom the Landstriders and the Skeksis is that it oh oh and, and the Uru the Uru the Mystic yeah. or whatever yeah the Uru the Uru had guys like like walking around on their butts the Skeksis I think were mostly like like um they're like they're like C-3PO in his like fucking non-covered body. Like there was like a guy behind them, kind of. Mm, I think it's more like under them, because because most of the the throne room scenes, like I think technically they're like if if you look at it, there were like a bunch of people underneath the throne room doing all the puppetry, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and of course the podlings were just totally puppets. They're tiny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they may as well have been fraggles. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, they were, yeah, like they were kind of cute. Like you know, I did, I did feel bad when that one got his fucking eyes like fucking burned. Uh, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm not drunk anymore. 